Croeso, welcome to Leeway Productions podcast, 10 Minute Musicals. Your favourite podcast about artistic collaboration within the ever-growing Welsh musical theatre scene. That's my co-host, Sangharad Lee. And that's my co-host, Luke Hereford. How are you, Luke Hereford? I'm great, thanks. How's it going up in the valley, Sangharad? Oh, it's fine. It's a little bit cloudy today. I've got my little beanbag out in the garden, so I'm going to go and sit out in the garden, in the windy garden. As soon as this is done, you're going to migrate there, are you? They are, yes. They are? I am. <laughs> Lovely. It's like it's like the lockdown glitches. Do you get that? Where the vocabulary is gone and you no, can't remember people's it's names. Like we are um, emulating or impersonating Zoom in real life. <laughs> so we have glitches in our own human conversation because we're so used to having them online. Yeah, it's very embarrassing. But hey, let's not mention it. It's absolutely fine. Uh, on today's podcast, we are going to be interviewing Linos Mai and Kitty Crawford, who wrote the 10-minute musical Shelf Life. Shelf Life was written and first performed in The Other Room in 2016, in what I think was our very first 10-minute musical. Um, it's since been performed in Wrexham once, um, but this is one of the pieces where we've kind of put a halt to it um, for a little while. We didn't kind of try and develop it at all. Um, but coming back to it this time round, I see some really nice potential at the moment, which is reflective of the, the kind of circumstances that we're in at the moment. So it's, it's a nice one to chat about today, just to, just, to, just to show, you know, this is four years old, but actually it feels like, guys, that now is possibly a really good time to, to bring it to life. To bring it back to life. That's ex- yeah, yeah, it's an exciting one for me because I don't know Hlinos or Kizzy at all. Um, and I've never seen this piece before until today. Before we dive in and introduce Hlinos and Kizzy, as we're coming to the end of our podcast series on 10 Minute Musicals, I wonder if for any listeners out there who are thinking about applying to future rounds of the project, if this might be a good time to remind <laughs> listeners of how 10 Minute Musicals normally works as an initiative, Angharit. Yes, yeah, so, so to sum it up, it's very much a CPD uh, project, so it's a development project, and it's open to composers, to writers, to poets, to musicians, to you know anybody who works within this industry, um, and it's a really nice inroad into writing for musical theatre, if it's your first stab at it, you're absolutely welcome, but also if you're kind of a mid-career artist or more established artist, Again, it's a really nice opportunity for you to meet some new creatives and maybe reinvigorate your practice a little bit. So even though it says musicals kind of on the tin, it's very much about collaboration and establishing new partnerships. Um, yeah, so just get in touch with us at leewayprods at gmail.com. Lovely. Very cohesive. Lovely, lovely explanation. Um, so let's introduce, <laughs> you're welcome. Um, so let's introduce our listeners to the writers of Shelf Life, Finos Mai and Kizzy Crawford. How are you both today? All right. Hello. Are you, where are you joining us from, each of you? Uh, I'm in Cardiff. And I'm in Aberfan. Oh, lovely. A full Welsh call today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lovely. We um, keep a welcome in the hills. So Nobody said they were singing. Hang on now. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was in our last episode, wasn't there, Aaron Harrod, as well? There was a lot of singing. From, from one of the co-hosts. 
who guesses who? Um, I mean, there's only two of us. So. <laughs> um, let's just dive in and talk, um, dive in straight away and talking about your piece. Um, I don't actually think we've asked this question to any of our other writers, but in your own words as writers, what is shelf life about? Mm. Um, it's about a very normal, everyday man who um, is in love with a woman who doesn't know that he's in love with her and she's about to leave his life that night for good. Very good, Silas, on the spot. Thanks. And without giving the gag away. No. I don't know what the gag is. I'm so excited. I'm going to build up the gag. <laughs> <laughs> build it up. <laughs> then it'd be a lovely surprise. <laughs> so, um, I know, I said this is a funny one because um, as Angara said at the beginning of this, you guys haven't really thought about developing it since you first wrote it. So I guess a lot of these questions you're casting your minds back to four years ago. But I just wonder if you remember a sort of eureka moment when you thought this would be a good story to tell when you were first paired as collaborators? I would have thought, because you do jump in here, I, I, I would have thought, I mean, I, I know that we were given objects during, when, when we first worked with Angharad, um, we were given objects and our object was a pineapple. And, um, and so it really, the inspiration for the piece came from a pineapple, a plastic <laughs> pineapple, I think. And, um, and so if anything, I think deciding that, oh, I'm gonna have to say where it's set now. Is that all right? It might, I know there's, a, we you have to. I have to. I can't keep talking about it. As if it... Okay, it's based in a supermarket. And um, I think probably that, that really helped it as a piece as soon as that was decided. Because for me, I think I'm slightly obsessed by supermarkets. But um, A, I love being in one. Um, and I haven't been in one since March because I'm shielding. So I really miss going to the supermarket. But um, uh, supermarkets for me, all of life is in a supermarket and they are really normal everyday uh, places. And so to get a character who starts singing in that setting for me, um, there's, it's already funny. Um, and, and there's something, well, you're taking something that's very ordinary and making it extraordinary. So probably, the setting of the, lo the location of it was probably a eureka moment. Nice. And anything to add to that, Kizzy? Yeah, well, as um, Kino says, uh, like supermarket is one of those very relatable things. And having the character set there was, was a really great starting point. And it, uh, it just, the inspiration just kept coming and coming. And the fact that we had uh, this piece of fruit uh, and, you know, it just felt like the story came about quite easily. Uh, and then from then on, it was just about working on um, who is this character? What is their purpose? Like, why are they um, feeling this way? And I, my main focus was the music and developing the music and how I could create a, a sort of soundscape that went with how this character was feeling. And um, let's just talk a little bit about this object. So was it the object for the very initial task that you, that you guys did? Just want to give a little bit of context to listeners <laughs> yeah. on, on yeah. kind of why you're giving an object and what that is, like, like where that comes from. Yes, 
I mean, I don't entirely remember what the exercise would have been other than though I remember a table full of objects and we probably, I, I don't know whether each group got given one, did they, Hannah? I can't yes. Remember. Do you remember you had to outline the object and you had to um, put a, write a stream of consciousness for the object within the image of the object? Ah. Oh. Ah, okay. Is... I'm glad it left such an imprint. <laughs> Honestly, that's just my memory. Nothing to do with the exercise itself. This is yeah. really interesting because um, this is just an initial writing exercise. It actually doesn't necessarily have to be a way of finding inspiration for your piece. But but it's interesting that that the pineapple left such a I guess without pun intended left such a taste in your guy's mouth that you were like, oh, actually. We could write something about this. That it kind of feels like maybe that's one of the first. I might be wrong, but it feels like one of the first writing groups that we've spoken to, Ang Howard, where the the object has directly influenced the piece. Yes, I, I think you know what I think most of them do influence the piece. What we tend to do um, in the initial in the first day or the first three or four hours is just provide lots of tasks. Because I'm, I'm very much, um, you know, when you work with actors, just give your actors, just give your artists task-based exercises to do and trust that from that task, and for many there are new tasks because it is about upskilling, um, and we try to encourage in the writing to use those tasks rather than falling back on what you usually do in your process. We're trying to investigate, well, if I apply this task to this moment, how does it um how does it encourage my practice, you know? So it's, it's again, it's just nice to hear that people do apply it. Um, yeah. Whether or not they apply it beyond this, that's completely up to the artists themselves, you know, but. Yeah, absolutely. A lasting exercise with um, an influential object. Great. I do remember an improvisation where we had to make the sound of an object, like improvise the sounds that, that object was making. Of the pineapple? I don't know if it was the pineapple, but I do remember that exercise. <laughs> yes. So this, so this comes from um, another associate artist of Leeway, so Becky Davis, who is an, an incredible artist. She um, really specialises in participatory practice. Whew, I'm glad I said that right. I always get that wrong. Participatory <laughs> practice. Um, and again, it's bringing, bringing the work that she does with communities into this process has really opened up possibilities with regards to how we approach writing, you know. So I think most people find that really challenging. I don't know. I do remember doing that exercise, Kizzy. Um, it's, it's a bit, little bit cloudy, but yeah, yeah. I, I know a lot of people find it really tough because it's so exposing that you've only got your own self to create some sort of motif for this object your own sounds so yeah it's, it's a lovely little exercise I, yeah I think I, I remember feeling quite um like nervous about doing that um just you know using my voice and my body in that way you know it's something that I think a lot of people aren't always comfortable with at first it's one of those coming out of your comfort zone things which I experienced a lot of in this exercise when we were writing this uh, which was really cool Great. And you you guys definitely um, obviously co-wrote this piece. Um, but did, did either of you have more specific Did you say you worked more on the musical side? Yeah, yeah. So I had my guitar and yeah, I was just imagining um, personally, like if this guy, for example, played guitar, like what what sort of a sort of music would he put to him himself? 
uh, in a way. And then, and also that it's quite comical. Uh, and so I, w I was thinking about that as well, taking that into consideration. And it, it ended up being quite um, sort of chilled, uh, sort of folky, bluesy vibes. Um, and then, yeah, later on that was developed even further. Um, but yeah, I, again, I don't want to give too much away. <laughs> this, this was an interesting, it was great to have you on board with this, Kizzy, because I knew you as a so singer-songwriter. So I'm just wondering, you know, with your practice and stepping into this kind of environment, what, what was the difference between writing a song and writing for a piece of musical theatre? You know, what's, what elements of your practice maybe did you have to adapt? So, um, yeah, I, I'm used to, like, to be honest, the first thing would be collabor collaborating. I've done a lot over the years, but not in this way, uh, and especially in a group as well. Uh, and so that was um, sort of a new experience. Uh, but then, yeah, also just write, not writing a song. That, that was a challenge, I must admit. Uh, but it, it was a great challenge because I learned a lot more about um, sort of my abilities and like where I can pull inspiration from and, and working with Hinos was great because, you know, it was always like, we always felt like we were having a laugh. And so the inspiration was just like constantly there. Yeah, it, it was challenging, but um, in a really good way. And, and, uh, and I came out the other end feeling like I'd learned a lot and gained a lot from working with these people. And then to be able to perform it at the very, at the very end like that was, was really special. Was this the first time for you to write a musical as well, Sinas? I can't remember. Uh, yeah, I did write a musical back in 2001 or two or something, you know, uh, called Bang, Bang the Musical. Um, and I think, but Roger Williams wrote the uh, lyrics, the words, and I wrote the music then. Um, so that's so long ago that was like somebody else basically did that but that was me apparently <laughs> um and nothing ever came of that and then no I guess this is probably the next time I'd done something that that was referred to as a piece of musical theatre all of my shows have got songs in them but I never call them musicals they're just shows with songs um so it was the first time yeah so I'm going to put you on the spot here. So what, what is the difference? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And I think probably, I think probably I, if someone said, do you write musicals? I go, oh no, no. <laughs> I don't write musicals. Uh, I write shows with songs. Probably because that was my, whatever my preconceptions of what a musical should be and what a musical composer stroke writer should be be and I had a very it was a very clear idea of it and probably quite an old-fashioned one as well and I just thought that I don't fit into that and actually I think probably what what you're doing which is great is getting people in like me who go they don't do that I don't do that and then making them do that <laughs> and going, oh yeah it can actually be whatever you want to you know it's not uh you say quite a lot I'm not I'm not gonna answer that I'm not like as in it can be I'm not gonna give you parameters or too many rules and that's the perfect thing to do in that situation because then I end up writing something that is and that could be a musical, you know? Um, yeah, so I honestly can't tell you what the difference is. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe uh, Luke's got the answer. Um, oh, no, no. I, don't, I, I don't have the answer. Of course, I was actually going to ask if Kizzy has the answer as, as, a, as a songwriter because you talked um, before, Kizzy, about 
the difference between writing a song versus the difference uh, versus writing a song for a, a character. What do you think? There's a difference. Um, I I think yeah, I think there is a little difference um, because you're obviously having to tune in to to someone who has a different brain like like for example when I'm writing it's all coming from like my experience uh, and things that my person has gone through but it, it, it's different in this situation where we're thinking about this character and, and taking into account all the possible um, ways this character might feel and what you might do so so it is different as well and and, and also it's not as, as straightforward as writing uh, verse, chorus, verse, bridge. It, it's not like that. It, it's more like creating a, um, a soundtrack slash soundscape and, you know, with with the odd musical like melodies. And so, yeah, so yeah it, it's different. Um, is, that, uh, is that possibly some, is that possibly the difference between a song with shows and a musical? Yeah, yeah, possibly. With, uh, yeah, yeah. Emotional. I d I d yeah. It's interesting because you've got pre preconceived answers yeah. as well in your head as yeah. to what a musical is. And I never like to articulate it because the whole point of this project is that we are designing collaboratively and each project is so vastly different. Mm -hmm. So whatever collaboration comes out of that partnership is absolutely the correct terminology for that particular musical. Um, I'm really interested in, as you guys are so, seem to come from very different places as artists, um, in the influences that you have when it came to writing this piece. Like any specific writers or composers that inspired Shelf Life and made their way into Shelf Life at all? Well, for me, probably, I mean, it's the, there's a show called Flight of the Concords, which is um, has been a huge influence uh, not necessarily on shelf life but 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 on all the other things that i've done leading up to shelf life so let's add shelf life into that um but even things like the muppet show and <laughs> that's how what i was brought up on watching the muppet show that's uh, a great influence i right? vibe with that influence completely yeah. right so characters can just start singing a song and that's going to be a really joyful wonderful experience for the audience right <laughs> that, that is basically what i'm still trying to do now <laughs> John might turn up twiggy might turn up <laughs> you who just knows? don't know right who knows um uh, i guess flight of the concords is is brilliant in that way of you know they can be in a supermarket and then they will break into song mm -hmm. and and there's magic in that um um i mean i'm not probably music i mean i had been what, what was the musical that I... Oh, but things like um, The Simpsons, things like that, just any shows where they are basically being funny, but um, they are going to break into song at any minute. Um, those kind of shows, yeah. I, I think I remember talking about The Mighty Boosh at one point. I think we had a conversation about that uh, and possibly got some inspiration from that show as well. Well, yeah, probably... Well... <laughs> Oh, I almost I almost gave away something else brilliant about the piece now, but there is a very surreal moment in it, which is which could very much uh, belong in a Mighty Boosh <laughs> program. But again, I can't go into it because it will just ruin the moment. So, <laughs> well, we keep uh, building up to this moment, so I think uh, this might be a good time to to segue into uh, 
the video of your piece that was recorded by the Royal Welsh College of Music and Drama MAMT students. What do we think? Good time? Yes, I mean, we've built it up, so... Right, absolutely. Just need a drum roll. Uh, uh, <laughs> great. So, um, let's, let's watch the video. shift together before you leave me for another liquid asnas has got a lot to answer for liquid asnas you deserve so much more liquid asnas why not eminent food next door liquid asnas Please come to customer service desk. There's a village that needs attention to. She said my name. Well, Jeffy Wilson. She needs me. Customer service. It's a sign. This is my chance for romance. Got to advance, but I'm in a trance. I'm in too deep. I'm hearing bleeps, and it's the price just too steep in this romantic supermarket sweep. I just need to take the lead. Jeff, you can, for God's sake, say hello, Jeff. was that Kizzy and you know, see, yeah and lovely to see it and, he, and Daniel does, does such a lovely job he really does yeah 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 great so can we just clarify in that moment 
that makes us all laugh so much? The pineapple is singing, is that right? <laughs> um, well, I don't think we had the budget for pineapples, but we went with apples. Um, but yeah, they're singing, yeah, yeah. Yes. Obviously, with a bigger budget, you can just, you know, if there would be animation galore right? going on. Yeah. Amazing. So the apples, not pineapples, sorry. I think I was just hung up on... Exactly, we talked about it so talk much. About pineapples. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you worked with one performer in the first ten, round of 10-minute musicals. Um, how was it seeing your piece performed by a different performer? I really enjoyed... I mean, I enjoyed both experiences, really. The first... The first time round, oh, Alad, was his name Alad? Yes. yes. Just incredibly experienced and brought, I found working with him really, actually really helpful to have him in the room. We had him in the room quite a bit during the first time round. Um, and he, I mean, that I've watched the video of him performing it and he's just brings just real charm to it. And then uh, working with Dan, Daniel, Daniel brought some really good notes um, before we even started notes that uh, I thought were really insightful actually um, considering it was so new uh, for him the piece um, yeah. that actually have totally his notes have gone in you know so this version now he's he's been really involved with it so I guess it didn't feel, it just felt great just felt he good to have into that collaborative mindset yeah which is really yeah. nice yeah and again like the 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 last uh, podcast beautiful this we, you know, you've condensed this, both of you, beautifully into a three, three and a half minute piece. And it feels like it's always been this length. And we forget that. I think yours was about six or seven minutes long, I think, you know. So there is a full mini musical there. Yeah. Right. yeah. Totally. yeah. It seems to go a lot better uh, than it did before. And I think um, we took some of the, the um, from some notes from like the original performance when we'd originally performed this. And what was sung on that day sort of made its way into this final piece now. And, uh, you know, it, it was really easy to, to work on it again recently. Really fun, really fun. Um, and we've, we've discussed this briefly, Finos and Kizia, I think, you know, but I think this is one of those pieces where they, it feels like it exists in three or four minute slots. And we would like to see what happens to Jeffrey beyond this. I would love to know what happens to him next. Totally. Uh, a series. Totally. A whole series, yeah. And also, I guess, you know, this is, it's a supermarket. And whilst we were excited about setting anything in a supermarket, of course, our supermarket, anyone working in a supermarket has become a hero in the last four, five months or whatever. So it feels even more right to sort of do something with it now than before, you know five years ago wherever it was four or five years ago absolutely and it just goes to show that anything creative you do it all eventually feeds something nothing is ever uh for nothing you know i've still got pieces that i was thinking about six years ago which find the correct time to land you know mm. um so i think that's really important to to remember i think I think there's a lot to be said as well with a piece like this that is set in somewhere specific like a supermarket and kind of the restrictions that we're facing at the moment in terms of performing, in terms of making work um, for a live audience. We might have to start becoming more creative with where we make theatre and, and, and the spaces that we use. Maybe actually a solo short musical in Morrison isn't such a bad idea, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, 
um, which I think kind of leads us on to almost seamlessly, almost like I'd planned it, um, to talk about the design responses we have for Shelf Life. Um, so theatre designer Corey Ship has been working with Leeway and uh, the MA Musical Theatre students at the Royal Welsh College of Music and Drama on these excerpts of the 10 minute musicals and has been making design responses have kind of manifested themselves as mood boards for each musical. Uh, so we're going to share with our writers the design response for Shelf Life. You guys ready? Yeah. <coughs> oh, that's quite a genuine gasp because that is very cool. I in, I'm in love with <laughs> the fruit costumes. Oh my god. Um, is that a leak? Yeah. <laughs> I think is a leak. Um, oh, I'm in love. I'm so in love with that idea. And also, like, if, if you did, if you did do it slightly specific, Ian Astor and Lequith, <laughs> you could. It would just be glorious to have like people dressed as pineapples, leeks, apples, and everything in between enter in that in that wonderful moment where the backing happens. <sighs> Do you know where my, do you know, because even, even in my local ice cream parlour, sub-zero down the road, the queue is coming out because you have to have that two metre, you know, to have these promenade performances pop up as people are queuing, be brilliant, dressed as yeah. As if they're in Copacabana or something. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant costume. Standing. And there's something really nice about, so, so in the... The recording that we that we've just seen it's almost it almost feels like he's in a staff room was that kind of the intention for the start of it it wasn't first time round, and and i think it's it's in I, th- I think we envisaged that it was in a in the fruit and veg aisle yeah um but yes. obviously for re- reasons of lockdown that he <clears throat> i think daniel happened to live in a flat that had that room that could mimic staff room yeah that's probably a conversation that Ingharad would have had was it yes yes with Corey absolutely yeah yeah but it really worked as a it looks like a staff room I don't know I I think there's a it's it's a really interesting this piece has such an interesting juxtaposition with the kind of as you said nicely at the beginning Klinos the kind of mundanity the normality of a supermarket versus that like that magical moment when the fruit does start singing. I think there could be some real fun to be had with that directorially and design-wise. I mean, obviously we're not the most well-graduated to talk about designing, Howard, but (laughs) I definitely think... (laughs) I mean, it's true, we're not designers, but I definitely think... I see see where Corey's access point with with this mood board was, absolutely, kind of seeing those very abstract things lined up next to those very real mundane things. I love I love this love sign as well. You know, you see these, don't you, in the weddings? And I can just visualize in the car park outside Lequithasda that these that he, that he has these premonitions into where he's going to end up with his love. Yeah. You know, and these yeah. signs just light up all around the car park, and we see dancing fruit, and you know, you you can go. You could go anywhere with this piece, it's great. You totally could, yeah. Like any two for one signs he sees, he thinks that means something very different <laughs> in his head. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I think I think anything that, we, we all know that um, 
setting so well and so as soon as you do something to it that is is otherworldly or, or, or just a bit magical I think it becomes even more magical because we know it so well so beautiful yeah lovely lovely response um thank you for sharing your thoughts on it Finos and Kizzy if you are joining us through a non-visual medium today but want to see Corey Ship's design responses for yourself you can view this episode on YouTube where the full episode is also captioned before we wrap up today's episode, as we always ask our writers, Klinos and Kizzy, what is next for each of you? Oh, um, so I, uh, well, obviously hoping that we develop this further, but until then, um, I'm doing some comedy history podcasts for children. So I'm writing and performing in them for Radio Cymru and writing some funny songs for Espadrach comedy. Nice. Mm. Kizzy? Uh, I'm working on some new music. I'm hoping to release some things soon. And I'm actually going to be uh, collaborating with some people to write a show uh, in August. So doing this uh, and revisiting this has been really helpful uh, and uh, given me that extra boost of confidence that I need to go into this new project amazing that's really great to hear and it's just great to hear that you are kind of pursuing that avenue of your practice as well so yeah so so i think i'll keep going with this uh 10 minute musicals yes you should <laughs> seems to be a hunger for it ang harrod <laughs> thank you for joining us Linos Mai and kitty crawford and thank you also to daniel leah from royal welsh college of music and drama who performed shelf life and to musical director joe hood and theater designer corey Shep. If you enjoyed today's podcast and want to share the love on social media, you can do just that by using the hashtag Leeway10pod. Tagging us at LeewayProds on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. And of course, we cannot sign off without saying a big thank you to our listeners for joining us today. Tune in next week for more behind-the-scenes interviews with artists from Leeway Productions' 10-Minute Musicals Initiative. I am Angharad Lee. And I am Luke Hereford. 